All right. At this time, uh, let's arise from our seats to receive our scripture reading for today, which comes from Genesis 2.15 and Colossians 3.23. It should be up on the screen. Please pay a careful attention. Genesis 2, uh, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Colossians chapter 3, 3, 17 through 19. Uh, sorry about that. Genesis 3, 17 through 19. And to Adam, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it, you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, thanks be to God. Now, Pastor Sam will deliver God's word to us today. Hello, everybody. Can you say happy May Day to the person left and right? Happy May Day. Happy May Day. Can you believe it? It's already May. My goodness. Time is going by fast. And then just a little over a month, you guys are going to be going on summer break. Right? Best season of the year, best time of the year. And so, uh, especially for our seniors, you only have a couple of weeks left, and then uh, we'll never see you again. So you'll be going to college. I'm just kidding. But we'll be going to college, and so we're very excited as you enter into your new season and next season of life. And so we're, so, we're praying for you. We're rooting for you. And now uh, one of the things that we do, one of my great pleasures is to go to all of your graduations and to uh, really celebrate that time. And so please look for me. And I'm gonna, as I look for you, please don't run away. Last year, someone ran away from me. And so I chased after that person. But um, we'll, we'll go visit and uh, really celebrate that together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. God, we pray so much for this time. Only the word of God can lift up dead people, change dead hearts. God, we rely and I trust in your word. May I faithfully be a messenger of your text to share your heart, your will, and your mission. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last night, we actually had a great night uh, at Awake. And uh, if, if, hopefully, if next year this continues, we would love for you to all join. But I just want to share, last night was such um, a beautiful thing, especially after all these years of COVID and seeing our very students, our body, coming together and uh, really allowing God to work through us and in us. And I think there were a number of new people that came yesterday and that got to hear the gospel. And so it was just a really beautiful night. And so really thank you all. And I hope we can continue on with our ministries, both All Stars and JG, and serving God's people and loving one another. Uh, whenever I work out, I always have this weird thought. And when I'm working out and I go to a gym and I look at people, and you know what generally most people do when they work out? They have something. You know what they have, most people at the gym? They have headphones, right? And one of the things I always think about, it'd be like, like, a, like a thought experiment. I wonder what they're listening to. I always wonder that. I wonder what they're listening to. Because if any of you guys work out, uh, you know, the music that you listen to, it really changes your workout. It really does. And there's certain types of music. And I'm sure some of us, we already have a playlist of what kind of music we work out to because it, it just pumps us up. It, it, there's an adrenaline rush. And so, like, some songs like this, like, 
That's a workout song right there. You know what I'm talking about? You just, you just want to work out. The blood is flowing. But sometimes I wonder if people like, if people work out to something like this, you know, something like this. I don't know if you could, if you work out to music like this, that's amazing. I don't know how you do it. But, um, you know, there's also things like, imagine. <laughs> I, I looked up Icelandic folk music. But, you know, when you listen to the right music, it pumps you up. But then when there's music that just doesn't fit the workout, it's hard to work out. It really is. I remember I, work, I was working out and there was like sad Christian music and I ended up like worshiping and crying and that's, I can't work out. Um, you know, we, we started a series last week and it was titled, Who Am I? And the goal of this series is to know the story of Jesus. And when you know the story of Jesus, because it is the source of life, identity, joy, hope, and security, when you know the soundtrack of Jesus, it pumps us up. When you know the song of God, when you know redemption song, when you know the song of Jesus, man, as, cre- as God's creation, it pumps us up. You live a life of fullness. You live a life of fruitfulness. You live a life that God intended you to live. But just like that, the world also has its own soundtrack and its own song And that sound and that song prevents growth, prevents fruitfulness, prevents faithfulness, prevents the fullness of our lives. And those songs are songs that we are listening to every day. We want to hear the story of Jesus because the story that we're in is a story we live out. The song that you hear constantly is going to be the song that really comes and pumps out through your life. And so we want to observe, especially through, and today we want to specifically talk about work, and my, t- my title of my sermon was Work, Work, Work. And then someone in the back was like, did you reference the Rihanna song? And I was like, oh, I did not know that. I, I did not know there was a song like that, but they're, they're explaining to me in the back. So it was unintentional, but work, 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 right? That's our life. All of us are working. And when I talk about work, it's not just those who work from nine to five, like our leaders here who work at a company. All of us here, you go to school, that's work. That's considered work. And so you are, you are all workers right now. And that's what we want to talk about because how does the story of God and the song of Jesus connect to our work, connect to our schools? And I want to talk about that here today. I hope it's relevant and it can really connect with you and God can really speak to you. First, work is a good thing. Work is a godly thing. That's my first point. Work is a good thing. It's a godly thing. And why I say this is because when we look at this passage, this may be really hard to believe because our nature of work. I don't know how many of you guys love school. How many of you guys love doing homework? No, it's, it's, it's like a, I don't like it. I, I hate work. I hate school. Some of us are already dreading the amount of homework we need to do today for tomorrow. And we think that God, for some reason, that God punished us with work. But that is not true at all. God is a God who worked. God is a worker. God is a worker. Look at his creation. Look at the the fact that he created this world. That was work. And we we spoke about this last week, that God created work through his words. He spoke things into creation. It's beautiful. And so look at the person left and right of you. They are God's creation. Look at the intricacies of their their face. Look at the the chum and the freckles and the the eyebrows and the lips and the nose. Like sometimes I look at faces and look at like eyebrows I find the most interesting. Like, wow, that's mustache for your eyes. It's so weird like that God created things like that. And then, you know, you look deeply into their nose and it's like, 
wow, their nostrils are really like just like daggering and pointing at me. Like, wow, God created these things, right? It's so weird. And then when you look deeper, there's pores. And then, you know, it's, it's just amazing the detail that God put into our creation. Look deep into the person and say, you're beautiful, man. You're beautiful, woman. Yeah, you know, God is a worker. He's a worker. And God created this world. And so to, for us to think that work was some kind of bad thing, it's not because God is a worker. Second, we talked about this last week, but we are image bearers of God. And so we reflect God. And so if God is a worker, we are also workers too. We are all workers. We're all meant to work. And that is a reflection of who our creator is. Remember the 45-degree mirror? We are his creation. And so the first thing that God actually told Adam to do was to work. And so one of the things he told him was to tend to the garden, but also to name the animals. So he started naming animals. And it's a, it's a little joke, but like when, he, when you think about the animals, it's kind of like homework. When you first write your essay, you're like really into it, and you're like so passionate, and you feel like you're just going to put all your spirit into it. And so like when he first started naming the animals, it's like he just thought of these amazing names, like hippopotamus, like rhinoceros. And then you could just tell after time, he got tired and he got lazy. And he was just like dog, fly, cat. And so that, but that was Adam. He was one who created, who named these animals. God had entrusted to him this work. And so this, and this was, again, if you look at the timeline, this was before sin and before the fall. God gave him work before all of that. So Adam also was to work. Finally, God created us to be workers. We are not created to be frolicking around, lying in the grass, and doing nothing. No, God created us to be workers, for us to be a people of purpose. God created each and every one of us with gifts and talents, and he wants those gifts to be used. I know many of us don't feel that way, but I look at each and every one of you, and Awake was such a great example of that. All of us are God's gifted and talented people. Sometimes, though, we get so bogged down by seeing other people's talents and other people's gifts and starting to feel insecure but my own. But I'm, I'm going to tell each and every one of you, all of you have a gift that God has given to you. And that gift must be used. Because if that gift is not used, it decredits God. So, for example, our phones are amazing. Uh, your generation, you actually grew up with a phone. Um, you guys never knew a time when you never had, like, phones never existed. But these phones are incredibly amazing. Whether it's Apple or Samsung, I, I don't care. They're amazing nonetheless. They are absolutely amazing products in terms of what we could do. And just, I'm just, like, what can it, like, even do further? My mind is perplexed by that. But these phones are incredibly amazing. And, you know, whether it's M Apple or Samsung, they really put a lot of work into this phone to make sure, first, that it works, right? This phone works. Would Apple and Samsung, think about it for a moment, would Apple and Samsung ever release a phone that's half working? Why would they do that? Because if they ever did that, they would never do that because if they ever did that, then they, it would de decredit their entire company. People wouldn't trust their product. We don't question whether iPhones are working or Samsung phones are working. We trust it because they've had a history of excellency, a history of really producing amazing things. And so we, without even thinking it, purchase these things because, wow, these companies are great at producing. And so in the very same way, God, we are the products of God. God had created us. And when we are working, 
it gives credit to God. Another word for that is that it glorifies God. We, rep- we raise the reputation of God's name when we all are working. And so we're not just here to be lazy and to sit around. No, we are all created to work. And when you work excellently, you, not, you don't get the credit. The creator gets the credit. Wow, what an amazing amazing creator, that he can create such beings, such people that can work in such a way. So as students, you're studying. When you study well, that is an act of worship because you're honoring the creator and you're doing the very thing that God created you. Now, don't get me wrong, please. It's not your, about your grades, but it's the fact that you work hard, that you work faithfully, that you work diligently, whether the grades, they don't matter to God. But the fact that you honestly, earnestly work, not by cheating, not by taking shortcuts, but that you honestly work because God is a God of honesty. And so that's really it. We are workers, and God created us to be workers so that we, and, and to really reflect God and his glory and his purpose. So all of you are testimonies of God, and you are all products of it. And so when people see you, they should say, what a wonderful God. What a wonderful God that he, in, in, in the creation that he created. And so God created Adam and our creation to express, to express my purpose and to express our purpose, which was to glorify and enjoy God through our work. See, this is the soundtrack. This is our soundtrack. This is the soundtrack that God had given to us to live by. When you're in relationship with him, And when you live in that soundtrack, and that's the music that's pumping into your ears, man, you live in fullness. You live in in just greatness because God is giving you, and you're living in relationship to him, and you're, you're doing what God intended you to do and to be. But this is where things fall apart, as we read in this passage. Adam sinned, and what happened is that sin changed our relationship with work. It changed everything. How? It changed, first, it broke our relationship with God. Uh, as God's creation, we were created to be in a personal relationship with him. But because of sin, we don't live in reference to him anymore. We turn our back towards him. And so all of our lives now, all of our decisions and all of our lives, we don't live in reference to him. Let me give you an example. How many of us, when you chose your outfit, I'm sure some of us took about 30 minutes just to choose our outfit. Some of us just woke up with the clothes that we had on and we just walked into church. Whatever it is, no judgment here. But how many of us, when we came to our church, came to church to prepare, how many of us looked into, on the mirror and said, I wonder how, how, what God thinks of my outfit today? Probably, we, we were, some of us were more concerned about what others would think about my outfit. Yeah? I'm not doing this to discourage us and to, to break you down and say how horrible you are. I'm just showing you the reality of our, our, our nature. We don't live in reference to God. This is the nature of sin. How many of us, when you do homework, are thinking, man, I'm going to do this homework to please God. No, probably some of us are like, oh, God, like, why is this happening? And you're just cursing and and just pouring out your bitterness. We don't live in reference to him. That's what sin is. It, It broke that relationship. And so that soundtrack of God, we don't hear it anymore. We've lost it. We've lost the music. We don't hear it. But instead, we hear another soundtrack. We hear another music. That music is hindering us. That music is stopping our growth. It's stopping and actually causing us to be even more separated from God. What is this new soundtrack? What are we listening to? 
Jeremiah 17 has this great illustration, uh, really, really great illustration. One of my favorite passages in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 17, has an illustration of two trees. Let me read it for us. In 17 verse 5, please read this carefully. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert, a bush in the desert, and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. So first, what Jeremiah is talking about is that there is a shrub, a bush, and it's barely surviving. Think about it for a moment. Like, just imagine this small little bush in the desert, and the, the twigs are so brittle because it is lacking of water. And the leaves are so small, and they're incredibly hard because there's not enough water and nutrition for that fruit to be really, for that bush and that shrub to be just luscious and green. It's just really tiny little leaves, dark green, because it's doing everything to conserve. And it's barely surviving. It's not growing. It's very small. Why? Because it's been planted in an uninhabitable land. It's been planted in a place that was not meant to be lived in. It's been planted in a place where it is dry. It is desert. The person who turned away from the Lord is what this passage is talking about, who does not live in the soundtrack of God, will inevitably be planted like this. This is us, a plant that is lacking of nutrition, lacking of, 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 of fullness. And everything other than Christ, everything that we've planted in is an uninhabitable land. See, Christ was the original source. He was our music. And when you listen to that music, there is fullness. But that music has changed. What has it changed to? What is the source of our music now? It's money. I'm living for money. I'm living for the approval of my parents. I'm li living for approval of myself. This is our soundtrack now. This is the music we're listening to. This is what gets us up every morning. I, I'm sure that those of us like, ah, oh, man, I really don't want to go to school. But what, is that, what do you follow up with that? What is it that you say to yourself? But... My future depends on it. I need to make money. But I need to. Because? Why? See, this is that soundtrack. We're looking for, you know, we look at our social media and we see people living luxurious lives. We see people driving amazing cars on boats. And we're saying, that's my life. That's what I'm aiming for. That's a soundtrack right there. Do you see that? Some of us, we're living because we see comfort and security. That's, that's my soundtrack. Like, what are you dreaming of right now? What are you living for? Now, I hear it often. Uh, if this is, you might think this is you, but I heard this from many times from many people. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I just want a home here in Nova with four kids and a dog, maybe two dogs. Nice gated home. That's our soundtrack. That's what we're living for. But God didn't just create us to work for a home. God created us for greater things than that. How limited we are that we're working for things that are so small compared to the glory of God. But that's what sin does. It, we, we, another thing is that we're living to please our parents. That's our soundtrack. 
We're living so that our parents would finally be pleased with us, that they would get off our back when mom and dad would say, I'm so proud of you. That's what we're living for. That's our soundtrack, and that's what we're listening to every day. That's what's driving us, our emotions, our motivations. And I want to share that these things, they are not meant to be a source of our life. They're not meant to be a source of our work. They shouldn't even be a soundtrack at all. But as foolish sinners, we listen to the soundtrack, thinking that this is what pumps us up. This is what's going to drive us. And these things have become, these things that I just mentioned, like, like living for money or living for comfort and security, they've become one of those inhabitable places that we've planted ourselves in. Thinking that that is the ultimate source of life. In there, I'm going to find my identity, my meaning, my purpose. If I live for money, I'm going to find everything. My happiness and joy, it's all there. Right now, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to work there. And that's, Some of us are going through that right now. How do you know your source? How do you know your soundtrack? What are you dreaming of? What are you saying to yourself every day that's getting you up in the morning? Or another way of thinking it, I have this from a pastor. What is your greatest nightmare? What are you so afraid to lose? If this happened in your life, my life is over. What would that be? I'm going to be a little honest right now. My greatest, because um, I, I think it's really good for us to be genuine. My greatest nightmare, this is my work, pastor, being a pastor. One of my greatest nightmares, I remember I had a dream. There was only five of us here. I woke up from that dream panicking with a panic attack. And I think that's where the Lord was revealing to me what was my source of life. The sound of my, my soundtrack was this. Sam, you're valuable when you bring more people to this church. Sam, you are significant and your purpose is fulfilled when more people like you, when you are popular when people are attracted to you, that's when you know you're, you are it. You're important. And I've rooted myself in there. That was my soundtrack. And it resulted in my panic attacks. It resulted in my anxiety, incredible amount of anxiety. It resulted in there are nights where my, my, my wife would come up. She's like, you didn't sleep? Yeah, I couldn't go back to sleep. It was those nightmares. It was tough. And as a broken person still today, I, I go back to those soundtracks because I think those soundtracks give me life. Those soundtracks are going to pump me up again. But man, do they fail me. They fail me all the time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying money and approval of parents is a bad thing. I'm not saying that. Those are good things. But these things are not meant to be a source of life. This is, a, this is our brokenness. See, I was like this shrub. That's why I love this passage. I was like this shrub. This shrub, it's dependent. It's a seasonal shrub. Whenever it rains, whenever there's rain, the shrub, it's going to soak all that water in. Because it's, that's what it needs. 
It needs water to survive. And so when, when the storm comes, when the rain comes, it's going to do everything possible to, to, to soak that water in. And in that season, when it's raining, it's, it's going to think, wow, life is great. Life is so good. I'm doing so well. I have my meaning and my purpose. The person who does not have the soundtrack of God, they'll be at the mercy of his work, of her work. For example, like when the rain comes, when you get a great when you are getting really good, good, good grades, when people are affirming you, when you're getting the approval from your parents, your teachers, your peers, you got a great SAT score, you got accepted into a great college. Those seasons are amazing, aren't they? And it just fills us up. We're like, oh, I'm going to bask in this. And I love it. And it's giving me life. It's giving me like, wow, everything finally paid off. This is it. But really, it's only inflating our ego and pride. Because the dry seasons, they're going to come. That rain is going to stop. It's not going to rain anymore. And when that rain stops, you'll be dried out. It's going to crush us. It's going to burn us out. It's going to feel very anxious. You're going to be very anxious and embitter. The work that we thought, that thing that we thought once gave meaning and purpose, it's going to fail and disappoint us. I know many of us go through this. You have those high moments. But isn't majority like the low moments of life? That's what's happening to, to us. That soundtrack, well, that's a lot of rain. That soundtrack that we're listening to, we think is giving us life, but it's not. It's just misleading us and misguiding us. But if you look at the second tree, there's a second tree that happens in Genesis, Jeremiah 17. And read this in verse 7. Please listen. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. This tree is a healthy tree. It's sturdy. It's luscious. You can climb this tree. It's huge, this tree. The leaves are just green, and there's so many of those leaves. And those leaves are light because they're filled with water. The twig doesn't break. It's malleable because it's so strong. This is a healthy tree. And this tree is not dependent upon whether it's going to rain or not like right now. This tree, because it's planted by the river, always has a source of life, always has food, always is getting the thing that it needs. That tree is a tree that's planted by Christ. When Christ is your soundtrack, when Christ is your source, that's where you find your identity, your calling, and your purpose. That you don't find your identity and purpose in those things, in money, in, in parents, and friends. You find it all in Christ. So you're not defined by your accomplishments and achievements. You're not... When, when, the, when, the, when the season, when it rains, when it comes, it doesn't bloat you up like, wow, this is amazing. It doesn't mislead you and guide you with a false sense of pride and security. Or when the dry seasons come, it doesn't leave you anxious and burnt out and crushed, but your leaves remain green and you don't cease to bear fruit because you already have a source of life. And so whether it rains or whether you're going through a dry season, you are consistent this tree is consistent because it's always receiving life because it has the soundtrack of God 
pumping through its music, and it knows. Don't you want this? What will free us? What can free me? What can, what can help me turn away from these soundtracks that are misleading and lying? And what can I, how can I turn into, back to, the soundtrack of redemption and the song of Jesus? What can change, what can I do? And that's our last point. Christ redeems our work. Christ redeems our work. Jesus Christ, who himself, he was this fruitful tree in Jeremiah 17. He was that second tree. He was the tree, but he uprooted himself. And he entered into the uninhabitable land. He came into this world of brokenness. And Jesus Christ died on the cross and resurrected from the grave. And he became the true vine that those who have faith in him are engrafted into Christ and have full life and bear fruit. Here's what I'm saying. What can free us? What can change us? I think some of us have heard this before, right before you do homework and you're not motivated. I've heard this before from some, a number of people. What you do is you YouTube motivated motivation video and you hear like i don't know that guy like gary v or something i forget his name and like you look at or like you look at people like elon musk and you see these incredible people and you listen to them share their principles of life and how they work and that like okay that pumps you up again and that's that soundtrack like yes that's gonna help me work again and so you do your homework and we think christianity is just like that but when you read the Bible and you read any passage, you're like, this is so disappointing. I, this, is, this does not help me at all. Because the Bible isn't some kind of principles and motivational thing. What the Bible is, it doesn't give us a new teaching. It gives us a new heart. You don't need a new teaching. You listen to those motivations, listen to all those motivational speeches, you'll be more disappointed because you can't live up to those people. Trust me on that. Those are incredible people, yeah, but try living up to that and you're going to be even more disappointed because you can't live to their principles. Jesus Christ doesn't say, hey, I'm going to live this life and show you that you can live this full life. Now follow me and I'm going to motivate you. No. What Jesus does is I'm going to live the life for you and I'm going to give you a new heart. And when you get that new heart, when you live in that new life, that spiritual life, man, no wisdom, earthly wisdom comes close to that spiritual truth and those spiritual principles that God puts into your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he renews you. He frees you. And your life changes. Man, I, would sh um, I could share the amount of addictions that I've had, the things that I've struggled in. And I've tried my best. I've read books. I've read articles. I've seen videos. I've watched podcasts to help me from these addictions. But when I heard the soundtrack of God, and I went, when I said, God, you are my Lord. You have given me a new heart. You do the work in my life. My life began to change gradually. God began to remove all of those things outside my life and from my life. And he started to give to me power, the power to say no, no to the things that I once said yes to. But now I have the power to say yes to Christ and to follow him. And in there, I have found freedom, bondage, from freedom from this bondage, freedom from this slavery. I wish I can, you can all have that too. When you place your faith in Jesus, I know and trust that. These other sources, they're always going to be there, constantly. They're constantly going to be seeking you 
after you over and over again. There's going to be all these different songs that are going to try to play to you to show you how you're important. And those songs, they're going to attract some of us too. It's going to take us away. We think that's the source of life. I still fall into it. How can we distinguish from the song of redemption, the song of Jesus, from all these other songs that are not worthy of our time and not worthy of listening to? Because they're lies and destruction. How can we just focus on the song of Jesus? The more you worship Jesus daily, you'll know the song of Jesus. Um, how many of you guys ever found a, seen a counterfeit money? Ever find a counterfeit bill? Some counterfeit bills, they're incredibly great. Like, I remember one, it's like, oh, $20. I look, I look it up. It's a prayer request. I'm like, oh, dang it. <laughs> but, oh, man, this, that got me because it looked genuinely real. It felt real. But when you look carefully, uh, for people who study counterfeit money, their number one strategy to basically combat against counterfeits is that they really know the original bill. They know the original dollar or the bill, dollar bill so much, so well, they study it. They know its texture. They know its color. They know the transparency. They know the feel. They know every single thing about that, that whenever a counterfeit bill comes, because they know the original so well, when they look at a false counterfeit, they can tell this is fake. This has no value. Here's what this means. When you know the song of Jesus, and this is your source of life, that when other songs come, when other sources that say, hey, I'm going to give you life, I have, you can have your hope and security in me. Because you know Jesus so well, that's counterfeit. That's fake. That's not worthy of my time and attention. I have Jesus, my Lord, who is the source of life. And so really, the pra most practical thing what is the greatest antidote to our heart that frees us from being enslaved to created things and to focus and to have God as our Lord? What can purify and change this heart of mine? To know Jesus, to know him, to have his soundtrack all the time. I know some of you have AirPods on, like literally right now, you have AirPods on and listening to music while I'm listening to a sermon, which is, I don't know how you can listen to two things at once. It's crazy. But I, I do sometimes wonder what music you're listening to right now. I pray and hope that you listen to the songs of Jesus, that you're listening to it constantly. And when you do that, when you allow your ears and your, your eyes to focus on Christ, man, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your heart more and more. I really believe that. And so I hope. Look at Jesus. Look at him. He's worthy of our attention. He's worthy of our time. What is supreme in your life right now? What is driving you? Identify those things. And the Spirit of God is going to help us. What has been restoring me? And the way to finish, what has been restoring me? Do I still deal with panic attacks? Do I still deal with anxiety? I do. I still do. It's not as if I'm perfect now and I'm free of these things. But daily, I come to the Lord and say, God, help my heart. Help me to be so captivated by your love and grace. And I start that daily. That's my daily prayer every morning. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Help me to have victories today so that, Lord, I would be redeemed and my heart would be yours. Today, I'm going to step forth in this day and there will be other soundtracks that are going to take me away, soundtracks that are going to attract me. 
But God, I need to hear your soundtrack, the song that you give to me, the song of Jesus. And the more I listen to that, God, that is the source of my life. And even if I turn away, even if I go listen to that soundtrack for a little bit and think that that's the source, Lord, you return, you forgive me. Because that, that, that is your heart as a father. Because I'm your child. And I, although I foolishly go left and right all the time, you bring me back. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, that your kindness leads me to repentance. And as I do this daily, as I've done this daily, those addictions that I've experienced in my life, man, I, I, I praise God. They're, they've been slowly disappearing. That God is really giving me victories, even in my flesh. That my heart is now more aligned to Christ. And so when I see people who are living this way, I don't judge, but I help and I pastor and I shepherd and I, and I want to help you. That's where the sermon is coming from. It's, from a coming. it's coming from a really deep place for me. I know many of us struggle here. And I'm not saying this to belittle you, to say that I know better and that you are all doing horribly wrong. No. But I do hope that by sharing this, that you would run to the solution, which is Christ. Because he is our redeemer and he's our redemption. Listen to the song of Jesus. That is my prayer and my hope. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here today. And God, we pray, may we know the heart of Jesus. May we know the song of Jesus the song of Jesus that says, I have died for you and I'm going to give you a new heart and a new life. You are the living water, not still water. You are a living water that is fresh and flowing. And Lord, many of our hearts, we need that right now. Our hearts right now have stale water, water that is not drinkable. It's poison. Lord, help us to have that living water in our hearts. It, It would bring such growth and fruitfulness And so, Lord, we pray that your heart and your will would be revealed to all people here. Lord, may they place their faith in you. For those, I'm sure, God, we pray that you respond to them. If something has changed in their thinking or their thoughts, Lord, we pray that you would respond. Use the church to walk alongside and to help them. So, Lord, we thank you and we pray. Help us to follow you, Jesus, all the days of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.